It's time for Sex Talk with Lou. Lou Paget on TogiNet. So, have you ever wondered if you're normal or why you feel distant from your partner? Why they keep doing that? Want to recreate a truly connected relationship? Or wondered, how do I tell my partner or kids about things? Then this is your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Lou Paget is a certified sex educator, an international best-selling author, and not only will Lou and her guests discuss the most current research, they will put you at the head of the class on good, solid, scientifically-based information and how it will impact you and your family. Known for delivering information about sexuality and relationships sans the sleaze factor while retaining all the accuracy, fun, and the you're kidding factor. Let's get to it. Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. And now here's your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and welcome to a most lovely day. Today I'm going to do a show that's divided into a couple of segments. And the first one I'm going to talk about are, is an area that many of you have heard me talk about, sex in the news. And then the second will be, I'll talk about lip service with Lou Paget, and those will be some of my ideas, some of the new articles I'm going to be drafting. And then I'll talk about, you know, a couple of other things that I think are impacting people. And But what I also would like to let you know at the top of the show and throughout is that if there's a subject area going with the lip service with Lou Paget, if there is an area relative to sexuality that you would like me to, you know, talk about or to address or write an article on, please just let me know. Best place, though, is to send it to my office email, office at loupaget.com, L-O-U-P-A-G-E-T.com. You know, for example, uh, speaking with, you know, someone I'd seen uh, a comment that they made, this woman was saying that her husband really wants to start getting more into anal play and, you know, she's kind of, it's not that she is adverse to it, she's just like, well, does this mean that he's really secretly gay and that's what he likes? No, not at all. It can be that, and, and this would be my response to her, because I obviously have not worked with this couple, but I would say it could be a range of different things, that this is, you know, the more erotic thing because it's kind of like slightly taboo. It could be that the, he may have be from Europe, South America, somewhere where anal play may have been the first things that downloaded for him as a very erotic thing to do because virginity being more highly prized, anal play is okay, vaginal play is out prior to marriage for some cultures, or it may just be that he enjoys, you know, the the different sensation of anal play, or he enjoys her buttocks and really likes that look. So it could be a range of different things. So I, I like to give people the the positive spin on things, which also, you know how sometimes they have the little brand service statement that they make on this is what we're going to do, this is our attitude for this company. 
My attitude with this radio show and with anything that I write or any presentation that I do is that I want, you know, to borrow, you know, a little bit from Ellen, I want people to be nice to one another about sexuality. I want people to know that this subject can be spoken about in a way that is supportive for people, that it doesn't have to be something where people get are told that they are wrong or they're told that there's something, you know, pathologize it, meaning, you know, there's a disease or something with it. No, the majority of sexual behaviors, aside from, you know, things where there, where boundaries have been crossed or things, you know, there has not been, you know, proper permission given or permission cannot be given because of the age of the individual, those things aside, but for the majority of things, if it's, if it's a mature relationship or if it's a peer-to-peer, even if someone is 15 to 15, that is considered normal, natural sexual exploration. And if there is a difference of someone who's 25 and 15, that's a different matter. That's the age cohorts are not matching up there. Uh, so for me, what I want people to know is that I have the attitude that whenever I'm talking about sexuality, it has to make people feel good. It has to be something that is accurate. That's the name of, you know, frankly speaking, being my company. The F is that this information should give you freedom. The R, respectful. The A, accurate. The N, non-judgmental. And K, knowledge. So that, that's the umbrella that when I look at information, because Lord knows there's more than enough out there to tell you that something's wrong or someone is willing to jump on a bandwagon and tell you and make some criticism of something. Uh, we could make that comment of, you know, the criticism, everyone has one, but we won't go there because that's not tasteful, and we wish to be tasteful. So continuing on with the sex in the news, I think one of the things in this past week that one really was one of the most impactful that I saw was Monica Lewinsky's TED Talk in Vancouver. And if you have not had a chance to go on YouTube and listen to it, it's 22 minutes, I think it would behoove you to listen to this woman. She has, you have to understand one thing, you don't get to become an intern at the White House because you're not smart or because you're not qualified. Only those who really have tremendous credentials get chosen in the first place. And as she said, you know, she opened it up and made the statement that, you know, when she was 22, she fell in love with her boss. And she said at age 24, she discovered the devastation of that decision. So she's making this presentation, this TED Talk in Vancouver, so she asks people, so for those of you in the audience, is there anything, any of you out there who did not do something, make a decision at 22 that you regretted or you wish you hadn't done or you know now was not very bright? Needless to say, no one put their hands up. And, but what she did, what this really is, is that the conversation of, Two topics that I think are very, uh, very topical right now. One, uh, sexuality that has someone be tremendously 
hugely judged in media and what she who who she tr- truly was as she refers to herself she was patient zero when it came to cyber bullying and the media now this was before social media but not before the internet and this was january of 1998 and that was the first time ever that online media had usurped traditional media books you know books and, and magazines radio and television and what she did is she spent a decade in silence and when it, and and what happened was you know she said 17 years ago you know she was looking at different cultural observations but now i mean talk about a betrayal that this young woman went through she was betrayed by the person who she had fallen in love with and let's be honest do you think there might have been a little bit of a difference in the power level that they each had she's an intern he's the president and this is a man who people that i've known who grew up with him who knew him went to school with him they have said that there really is something tremendously charismatic about him and be that as it may she was very and i have to tell you she's very erudite she speaks very well and she's funny and i have to tell you when you watch if you watch this you will see this blossoming beautiful woman she is now 40 and she has certainly gone through trial by fire but what she also has taken on she said you know it's time for me to take back my life and to take back my narrative because she had been silent for so long but there was one particular thing that was the flashpoint for her to realize you know something there this is going to change everything for me and it was the uh, there was a young man by by the name of Tyler Clementi who had who was a student at Rutgers and he had he his roommate was straight but Tyler was gay and Tyler was having a uh date with another young man and his roommate secretly uh video camped him and then put everything up onto the internet now understand Tyler was 18 who knows whether or not he was he was totally out or may not have been but as soon as that came out Tyler committed suicide by jumping off the George Washington bridge because of his desire to be sexual with whom he wanted he was so shamed by the humiliation and shaming by his roommate who did get charged i don't know what ended up happening with that young man but both he and the the other woman who were responsible for the video camming but the click switchover for monica lewinsky was the impact that that had on her mother and you have to understand that when monica was going through all of this her mother would not allow her to have a shower without with the door closed slept beside her at night did everything she could monica's mother was able to protect monica because as monica said there were times 
when this humiliation and this bullying was so horrendous, she said, I didn't think I could live through it. And fortunately, she had her friends, her family, and her other professionals. And when we come back, I'm going to launch into what I think is like one of the best things that's come out of all of this stuff that's happened with Monica. And I'll tell you, when you look at her, you are seeing a changed, fabulous woman. So we're coming up to the tunes. Please stay with me, and I'll be right back with Monica Lewinsky, and then on to lip service with Lou Paget. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with your host, Lou Paget. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. Are you looking for something more in your life or business? More success? More stability? More happiness? It's all out there waiting for you, but it doesn't just happen. You've got to go get it. Make it happen with Michelle McCullough, where motivation and strategy intersect. Michelle is a serial entrepreneur, acclaimed speaker, and the WooHoo Radio Network's resident business and success strategist. Michelle has the smarts, strategies, and experience to help you improve your life and take your business to the next level. You've got big dreams. You've got big vision. Now it's time for you to make it happen. Reaching out from the heartland of the United States with quality programming, this is TogiNet Radio. Welcome to TogiNet, radio with a cutting edge. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everyone, and thank you for being back here with me. As I said before the break, that I'm going to be talking of you know what has the the new mission that really has galvanized Monica Lewinsky, and when she did her first presentation, the beginning of this year, it was before you know thirty under thirties or you know whatever the term was in I think it was in New York, and as she said, you know, for those in the audience, she said. The eldest at the time when all of this broke for her would have been 14 and the youngest four. And she said that there was many of them who, you know, they realized they are well aware of the cyberbullying that many people are dealing with right now. And that has become what Monica Lewinsky's focus has been. Hers started as as a result of her sexual, you know, encounters and falling in love with President Clinton. What came out of that is, I mean, talk about someone, you know, going through trial by fire. But she said, you know, and I happened to be listening to The View, and Whoopi was on, and there's a woman on there by the name of Nicole Wallace. They have a whole new group, by the way, on The View. And the 
power with which Nicole Wallace spoke of, listen, there should also be parental liability for parents allowing their kids to do this. Because parents know when this is what's going on. Parents know if their kids have, a, have an ability to do this. There was a young woman I've spoken about before who is a top gamer, and I believe she's in Australia or New Zealand. New, Australia or New Zealand, I'm not sure which. But she's in you know, that area of the world. And these young boys were writing things like, you know, you, you know, you should be raped, you should have this happen to you, you should have that happen to you. So being who she was and being as savvy as she was tech-wise, she was able to track down who the, you know, these young trolls were, and then she sent emails to the parents of what they had sent her. And of all of the boys who sent her things, only one of the mothers responded back. And to me, you know, I would, now if I found out that that was the behavior of my child, oh, hello. And I think there's the, I think we need to have a greater responsibility of what is happening on the Internet. And whether it's talking about our sexuality, whether it's attacking people, and Whoopi Goldberg made a great comment. She said, the cyberbullying, and usually the cyberbullying is associated with relationship, with body, or with one's sexual behavior. And the thing that allows these people to have that, so much of that, so-called license, is nobody knows they're they're supposedly doing it with a degree of anonymity. Well, as Whoopi said, call them up on the carpet and have everybody know exactly who they are. Um, Gosh, why can't I think of his name? Uh, He was a a pitcher in the uh, National League uh, baseball pitcher, and his daughter had been named onto a squad to play and her father he said you know i'm so proud of you and then immediately these two guys and i talked about i believe it was a week ago two weeks ago the these boys sent her the most horrendous tweets and the father just was like this that's it you you know people can say things to me but you cannot say that to my daughter and he tracked down who these guys were and got the one guy fired from his so-called, you know, radio job. The other guy, you know, ousted from his situation. But I think it's time that, and I think the pendulum has swung so far to one side on people not taking responsibility for what they say about people, about their bodies, about their sexuality, that it does have to swing the other way. And uh, Lewinsky was saying, you know, here's the thing. We need to have more compassion. And in any area relative to relationships and sexuality, we need to have compassion and we need to have empathy. And just today, I was reading uh, the end of Lara Spencer's marriage. And I've met Lara. She's lovely. Now, here's the thing. We're not in their relationship. We're not in their marriage. How can we possibly be making comments about it? Hmm? We're not there. And I think we need to go back to a time when would you say those things directly to their face? Or would you exercise a degree of have better manners? We've lost out on manners relative to sexuality and relative to relationships. And I think it's time, 
you know, we returned and or at least if you, again, keeping with the theme of I want to have things where it makes people feel good, if you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. We have created a culture that has made it okay just to make disparaging remarks. And all that does, and people, let me tell you something. Your thoughts are the most powerful creative tool you've got. So if you are thinking negative thoughts, guess what's coming in, Lamb Chop? More negative. And you think I'm kidding? Whether you call it the law of attraction, whether you call it God's word, whether you call it whatever you want, it is an immutable law. It cannot change. So if you want to have nicer things in your life, change how you're acting. Look at what has happened with Ellen's show. When Ellen first came out, she was blackballed. Her show was canceled, and uh, you know the, the people who had been on the show, who had, you know, they weren't even being hired. Now look at what Ellen did. She was true to who she is, true to her sexuality, and she has the love in her life. If it isn't making people feel good, it's not on her show, period, full stop. And she is, I think she's a walking, talking, fabulous role model for so many people. And many people, they're the show. She is the show that they watch because it makes them feel good. So I think I've gone through, oh, the other thing that uh, Monica Lewinsky talked about, she talked about a thing called Childline that's in the U.K., And she said between 2012 and 2013, there was an 87% increase in calls and about emails relating to cyberbullying. And in the Netherlands, a meta-analysis that stated that cyberbullying has become more prevalent as a form of bullying than face-to-face bullying in um, environments. And it's because people then, you know, they can hide behind and that's what bullies are. They are scared, unhappy, un, you know, they, they've got something that's making them sad and angry. And truly, whether you're in a relationship or not in a relationship, if someone is angry, honestly, just look under that anger a little bit, and chances are you're going to find some sadness, and in some cases, tremendous sadness. And that... I think that if we let people know, there was a young man, uh, there was a man last week, he happens to run a, a small um, e-book publishing company. And at the school, I think they were in like Oklahoma or somewhere, there was a, a boy at the school that his son was at who had written that he wanted to kill particular students. And the father, rather than responding with, you know, listen, you complete little piece of garbage, instead responded with tremendous kindness and that I hope someone I hope someone hears you and I hope that you are able to see that you too are worthy and you know you are you know you are worth having things in your life now at this point you know the young man is receiving psychiatric care but this man was a father enough to know something else was going on and this boy was, you know, was reaching out in some way to get help or really needed help. So I think if we can put on our compassion glasses when it comes to relationships and sexuality and what people are choosing, 
I think, and what's the four, the, four, the four second decision that they're now talking about? And what that really means is you take a breath in, hold it for four seconds, because we have been programmed to respond like that. And if we wait four seconds, we may ameliorate our response. We may have a very different response. We may attenuate our response. And that, I think, is a good message for any of us. And also, here's another one. If you think you're going to be angry about something, just ask yourself this question. If I get really angry about this right now, will it matter five years from now that I'm really angry? (laughs) I think you will discover, no. (laughs) And you'll go, oh, okay. I can just, you know, tune this back a little bit. So when you're looking at websites, what you might consider doing, skip over the stuff that says all the really negative things about people. You know, everything that leads up to shaming people or humiliating people, public humiliation and shame have become industries that that's what the a lot of the things, the social media, the reality shows, they are based on clicks, they're based on advertising, but they're based on human beings being attacked. And that's, you know, I, I think we need to all look at enough already. And again, you know, whether it is Anthony Weiner, whether it is David Duchovny, whether it is Bruce Jenner going through what he's going through, all of these people at their core are human beings. And whether it's a choice for sex, not sex, doing something, we don't need to shine a spotlight on something that just keeps them into a state of shame. And one of the things that Lewinsky did speak about is that humiliation has an even more powerful negative impact and like heightened emotional impact than happiness and anger. And we're coming up to our second break here. When I come back, we're going to talk about, as I, you know, we're going on to lip service with Lou Paget. And I went to go see the Fifty Shades of Grey parody in Las Vegas. It was hilarious, absolutely hilarious. Now, it's not based on E.L. James's, um, it's not given with the permission of it, so it wasn't, you know, something that was delivered. But I have to tell you, I will go into detail on the show when we come back uh, after the break. And then the other things that I'm going to talk about is, again, one of my all-time, my new guilty pleasure, Married at First Sight. The second season has started, but we'll we'll go into all of that when we come back. So please stay with me, and we'll be talking about Fifty Shades of Grey. Sex 
Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet. With your host, Lou Paget. techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet.com. In today's business world, a helping hand or idea that doesn't come with an invoice is a treasured find. And if that happens to you, then you need to pay it forward to keep other entrepreneurs from making mistakes or getting a raw deal. It's called Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central, Josephine is going to have the guests describe their accomplishments, the lessons they've learned, both good and bad, and then sharing those pieces of knowledge as we create a movement of Paying It Forward. For more information about Josephine, her business, Business and background, you can go to mymomknowsbest.com. Josephine Girasi has always been a problem solver. She saw this need and has turned it into a movement. It's paying it forward with tips, tools, and advice and hard lessons learned. These pieces of knowledge can make a huge difference for you, your business, and others. So join us for Paying It Forward with Josephine Girasi. Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., 9 a.m. Central on Doginet.com. Everybody, everybody. The United States with quality programming. This is TogiNet Radio. This is TogiNet Cutting Edge Radio. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Welcome back, everyone. So before the break, I said I would be talking about the Fifty Shades of Grey parody that is just, well, it opened February, beginning of February in Las Vegas. It's also in New York. And, you know, I have to admit, um, you know, I have... Uh, someone that I'm, you know, in essence related to who is the lead in the show. So he plays Christian Gray. And uh, his name is Greg Cada, and he does a phenomenal job. So the whole show, this, this parody is set up. The, the, it, I'm, I'm not going to do, I'm not going to do spoiler, you know, on this, so they don't have to have spoiler alert here. But it opens up with these three women at a book club. And they're talking about what they want to, you know, what they want to read next. And one woman is like, you know, oh, let's let's do a recipe book about, you know, you know, how to steam artichokes. Yeah, like that. I'm, I'm making that part up, but it was about that exciting. And then the other one was, oh, let's do something that would be, you know, drying out flowers. And you know, it's like, oh, snooze, fall asleep. And the third woman, and they are all tremendously talented performers, is like. I want to do Fifty Shades of Grey. So the show is kind of seen from their perspective. That's how it's structured. But I won't, I'm not going to, you know, give things away for you. But it's called, here's what they, one woman described it as, inspired by James' best-selling book, the, the hilariously naughty satire explores the relationship between billionaire businessmen, you know, obviously Christian Grey, and literary student Anastasia Steele. And it's a scene through the eyes of a trio of girlfriends reading a novel at a book club meeting. Now, they put some really, really fun things into this. 
previously I'd spoken about having gone to see the movie itself. And in speaking with Greg about it, he, he made a point that I hadn't even you know, thought of. The movie itself is just uh, an omniscient standpoint. You're just an observer, whereas the book, it was st- told as a narrative from Anastasia's standpoint. That narrative was completely lost in the movie. I just hope to God that the next movie that they do, that they have a much better screenwriter who captures the fact that it is a narrative, that it is in her head. So much of the stuff was in her head. So um, there's more of the things that sort of came out, you know, the show itself starts off and says that it will run for, naturally, 69 minutes. And then, you know, it runs a little bit longer than that. But it's a musical. It's funny. They, you know, break the fourth wall. They do, they have a lot of fun. So anyone who is, might be heading to Las Vegas, it's at Bally's. And it's there, I believe, until July. So Fifty Shades of Grey parody in Las Vegas. Now, heading to the next section, which I refer to as Lip Service with Lou Paget. And as I told you and mentioned before, please, if there are questions or subjects that you would like me to cover, let me know. I will be more than happy to look into them. And if I don't know, I will find someone else or, you know, do some more, you know, research work. I will tell you that I have a uh, one of my best girlfriends and I have a uh, commitment call to one another on Sundays where you have to call and say, you know, it's the, you know, the responsibility call for the week. And in my case, I said, I'm going to do the outline for four new articles. And one of them sort of like walks hand in hand with the stuff that, you know, we talk about Monica Lewinsky. And it's what I call the bully filter about sexuality. The ways that, and when I say the bully filter, that is when people are getting beaten up by information that other people are telling them about their sexuality. Truly one of the most heinous that I can think of is reparative therapy, where, which is neither reparative nor is it therapy. And it's not practiced by therapists because they're not allowed to do so, but it is practiced by people in the back rooms often of an organized religion where they're telling someone, you have to pray to God to not be gay. Well, even Pope Francis has said, if someone is gay and they wish to be and come and be with God, who am I to say that that this is not to be the case for them? Yet, reparative therapy has told more people they'll never be loved, they'll never be taken care of, no one will ever find them attractive. And again, like Tyler Clementi, as I spoke about at the beginning, when you are 15, 16, 18, and you don't really have a lot of life experience, you believe what people tell you. And you believe, oh my gosh, you know, someone who's transgender goes, just remember, I am, you know, I was a, you know, I was a lovely human being before they walk in front of a bus. I mean, we have to create a more compassionate, kind world. And... Sexuality is often a place where people are, they, they get told they're bullied, they get bullied, they get told they're wrong. And that's why 
I want to write about, you know, you know, you're supposed to, uh, here's another one. You're supposed to have sex X number of times a week. Oh, really? And exactly how many times are you in someone's bedroom? You're not. So don't be telling people that this is the average. And honestly, I'll be really candid here. When I get asked, when I get asked that question in any interview, so what's the average number of times? I never give an answer. And the reason I don't give an answer, very simply, whatever answer I give, someone's going to get beaten up. Someone's going to say, see, I was right. Or someone's going to go like this, oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, there's not enough going on here. I am not in their relationship. I'm not there. But I want people to know there's such a range of what people consider to be sexually satisfying. It depends on your nerves. It depends on your mind. It depends on your value system. And it depends on your attitude. It also depends on your body. How does your body feel? So when I talk about the bully filter, I want to, it, my thing is to remove the bully filter. Remove beating people up. Again, going back to be nice to one another about sex. Okay? And then another that uh, I will be writing about is an area, it's a new sort of term that they have come up with to once again tell women that there's an area of their body that needs uh, needs to be dealt with. And the term they're using is called genital mismatch. And my reaction is, what? What the heck are you talking about? And, you know, admittedly, there have been, you know, in Indian texts, they talk about a man being slightly larger or a woman, and they, you know, the doe, the mare, the something else, and then there's the elephant, the, the sheep, the ram, or whatever. And they do describe the size of one's genitals relative to certain animals. Yet, what is what has happened with this genital mismatch thing, they have turned it into telling women that they need to have what they originally referred to as laser vaginal rejuvenation therapy. And I will tell you, I have a very good friend. Uh, her name is Dr. Julia Tatum Hunter. And she uh, trained as an MD anesthesiologist and then went back and did a dermatology, in essence, a dermatology residency. And she was, as an anesthesiologist, working with a particular physician who was doing laser vaginal rejuvenation therapy. And the last place a laser should ever be used, according to Dr. Hunter, is in the vaginal mucosa. Absolutely not. So this guy was, in essence, butchering these women, telling them that they are going to have the vagina of a virgin. Now, first off, a virgin's vagina is not necessarily determined by the uh, existence of a hymen, which, by the way, uh, all female mammals have, whether you're a pig or a cow or a dog or a cat or a horse. If you're a female mammal, you have a hymen, and that's you know because that's just how a vaginal vault forms. So, the actual you know the lack of penetration into a vagina has nothing to do with the actual size of the vagina. FYI, it has to do with the woman's actual physiognomy. So, and also, any woman who's ever used a tampon knows full well that a vagina is a state of potential. So, if you're trying to put a tampon in when, you know, you are not sexually excited, I mean, first off, it's drier, 
and, you know, it can get caught in, you know, the little rugae, which are the little ridges, and bend and fold a little bit, and it's like, ooh, that's not very comfortable. So, and it doesn't necessarily, and it doesn't feel highly erotic, okay? So <laughs> telling women that their, you know, whatever their sexual experiences are determines whether or not they're going to be tight enough. Now, if you've delivered a number of children vaginally, yes, the vagina is going to have a different different fold and a different openness. But pelvic floor surgeries are for pelvic floor issues. They are not to create a state of so-called virginity based on a woman not knowing what another woman's vagina looks like, nor knowing what it feels like for a man. So these women are being marketed a, a, a system that, and it's usually to women who do not have their own sexual agency, but this genital mismatch is coming from a group, and Dr. Hunter went completely frickin' sideways when this material was sent to her and said, and she forwarded it to me. And so what, again, it's doing is telling women something has to be done to your bodies, not something has to be done to a man's body. There's something wrong with you. And, you know, here's the thing. Mother Nature designed the vagina so that with sexual excitation, it enlarges to allow the ease of penetration with the penis. And so it is designed to engorge with blood to lubricate, to swell, and to lift up. That's what it's designed to do. So women's thinking that they're supposed to be incredibly tight and have surgery to make themselves tight, you are risking dyspareunia, you know, painful intercourse, scarring, lack of nerve innervation, like destruction of the nerve innervation. So anyways, I, to me, it's like jumping on the bandwagon and being the person who will actually talk about something, give the lip service, to something that people may not be talking about. There are lawsuits involved that when, you know, a major network wanted to do an expose on this particular physician, uh, he went absolutely snake sideways. And these women were too scared to come forward to go against him. And he did the bully sex routine. Anyway, when we come back, I will be talking about something that is an epidemic that's really coming forward that I think uh, a lot of people are not going to be expecting. Please stay with me. We'll be right back after this break. Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet with your host, Lou Padgett. Techniques and tips are her specialty. She delivers bite-sized chunks of information you can use right away that work. So stand by for more sex talk when we get back after these. This is Sex Talk with Lou on Toginet.com. Do you want to get a contact high? Tune in for fun, inspiration, and motivation every Friday at noon Eastern Standard Time. Learn how to maximize your mojo and just say no to the status quo. Get inspired and motivated by a fun-loving coach who knows what it's like to get through this thing called life. With your high-on-life coach, Audra Irwin, each Friday at 11 a.m. Central Standard Time and 12 noon Eastern. 
Join us every Monday at 10 a.m. Central for the Johnny Rowland News, Guns, and Motorsports Radio Show with commentary about current events, guns, shooting, and firearms issues, automotive and motorsports features, and special music presentations. Johnny is recognized as an international firearms authority and ballistic engineer, as well as an accomplished and widely recognized automotive designer and longtime TV and radio host. This program draws on Johnny's experience in shooting, motorsports, and as a professional entertainer musician. Don't miss Johnny Roland News, Guns, and Motorsports. Infotainment at its best. Trust us on this one. It's a fun show. Every Monday morning at 10 a.m. Central, right here on the Toginet Radio Network. Welcome back to Sex Talk. Imagine having access to some of the best experts in the field of sexuality and sexual health so you can finally ask that question. Be it function, sensation, or something you've heard, this is the spot. It's Sex Talk with Lou on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Lou Paget. Hello, everybody. Welcome back again. Just before the break, I said that I'm going to be talking about something that, for me, is a hugely, uh, anecdotally, a really big growing issue that a lot of people will not necessarily think about or expect, and that is erectile dysfunction and erectile issues for men 40 and under and 30 and under. And I'm hearing more about it. I'm talking to more people about it. I have, and just a friend of mine just came back from Argentina, from Buenos Aires, and he said, speaking to a therapist down there, she said the same thing that there's a growing number of younger men coming in with erectile issues. And the thing that, uh, you know, so one can look at it from a couple of different standpoints. So this, I mean, to me, this is becoming an epidemic, particularly, I mean, it's already something that is, for older men, much more aware of. And people think, well, then let's just throw some pills at you. Well, Rather, that's kind of like giving someone Tums and they're still eating crap food, okay? If you're having indigestion, stop eating what you're eating. Don't be an idiot. But in the area of sexuality, a lot of therapists don't have enough training on the physiology or on the basis of many of these things to really do anything. And my friend said while he was down there, one of the, you know, the one therapist who was younger said all she does is just, you know, she just throws Viagra at them or Cialis. Well, that's not the solution. The solution is, the thing is, look at why does the oven not go on, okay? So, and, and the numbers are growing. There are, you know, there's an untold story here, so how did we get here? So I look at Something's impacting their bodies. Hmm? No kidding. It's either, and because if some young man in college and at age 30, 32, 35, whatever, is having issues with, is having erectile issues, you know, as most men say, at that age you should be able, able to hammer nails with this thing. So 
let's look at what happened to the hammer, what's not working, and what medications might they have been taking, be that either antidepressants, anti-anxiety, are they taking Ritalin, are they taking Adderall, are they taking ecstasy, are they taking, you know, uh, cocaine, what what are they putting into their body? Because we thinking that only one area of your body is going to be impacted by particular products. That's why it's saying selective, you know, selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors. It's not selective. It's all over your entire body. So it isn't just your brain or you know one area of your brain impacted. It's your entire body. So so what are the medications? Also, what type of stress are they under? Do they have uh, work stress? Do they have financial stress? I will tell you, for a lot of men, one of the first things that goes with stress is, you know, the feeling of, you know, like the regular libido. Because the cortisol, as a result of stress, is an, it's a, like in direct opposition to testosterone. So those two things do not walk happily hand in hand. There is no such thing as an insta-fix, truly. And the other thing one might look at, is there a chronic illness that, that has not been you know, considered or diagnosed? Uh, is someone diabetic or are they early diabetes? If it is something that's dietary diabetic, that can be controlled by diet. You know, it's like stop eating the crap, stop eating the garbage. The other thing people have to look at is, what type of immunizations are people getting? We know that in other mammalian studies, the polysorbate 80, which is one of the adjuvants like suspensory you know, fluid in, uh, for vaccinations, causes sterility in male rats. Nice, huh? So we're, we have an infertility crisis also coming forward uh, that people are not addressing. And one thing also that I think people have to be aware of, when someone does not feel that, whether it's a woman or a man, and they do not feel that, let's say a man worries that he's not going to be able to have an erection, he may not even consider dating or going out because it's not going to work. And I know of women who being worried about having a body image or being worried about, you know, they had uh, uh, dyspareunia, they had painful intercourse, or they had something that, you know, really precluded them from sexual intercourse, they would not even go for a date for coffee. And the reason they wouldn't is that coffee could lead to drinks, could lead to a date, could lead to potentially having sex. And they were not going to put themselves into that position because the cascade of that was just too threatening. And I've heard the same from men, that it's, I, you know, I'd love to have someone in my life, but I don't want to go out and, you know, not be able to, you know, perform. And what happens if, you know, we get to her place or my place and, you know, Junior isn't doing what I want Junior to do. And the more, of course, that one thinks about what's making them anxious, guess what? Then they might do something, you know, like taking anti-anxiety, which that is something that will often 
impacts people's ability to have erections, to be orgasmic, and to, for, for the libido to be there. So I'm going to be starting this article. I've got a couple of really great urologists I'm going to be talking to, but I will tell you, a lot of times the urologists have no idea about the sexual impacts of things. They know about the plumbing. They know about the innervation. That's why they know about the nerve system. But they do not have an awareness of the sexual functioning. And I remember one time asking a urologist, I said, so tell me, have you ever known of, and it was about can a penis change shape? And he said, well, I have no idea. I said, what do you mean you have no idea? He said, well, I, I never see them erect. I'm like, what? He said, he said no. He said, I, here's his comment. I know about the plumbing. But he said, I only see, you know, see them when they're flaccid. And I never know about the other thing. And the reason I asked about can a penis change shape is two women in a seminar, both of whom had tilted uteruses, or uteri, but but uteruses because each one had her own, obviously. They said that their partner's penises changed shape over a period of time to more slightly prow-shaped. And another urologist said, I think this may be the answer, but don't quote me, so I'm not quoting him. I'm just relating to what he said. And he said, it may be that with the thrusting, the head of the penis you know, is hitting the end of the, the cervix or the end you know, underneath the, the cul-de-sac, as it is called, and there might be small micro-tears in the sheath that, um, uh, wow, I'm drawing a blank on the name of the, the sheath around the outside of it, and he said that may be what is causing that slight change in shape. So when it heals, it heals in a slightly different shape. So anyway, the important thing about this is I think that we need to have more discussion. I'm trying to find numbers on how many young men are being impacted by this, how many men are being impacted by ED, and whether it's the environmental impacts of things, whether it is the estrogenic, estrogen-mimicking uh, products that are around us, the biphenols A, by biphenol A, bisphenol, there we go, we got it, the, um, the phthalates, whatever it may be, looking at products that impact the male sexual functioning on a level that hasn't really been examined. It's kind of like, oh, well, they have Viagra and they have Cialis. Well, that, here's, as one man put it, Listen, you can give me all the Viagra in the world. If she's not turning me on, I'm not turned on. And that's the other component to it. What happens if the libido's not there? So for women and for men, we have the, the ED epidemic also is a big impact on relationships because sometimes the women will go like this, oh, he doesn't find me attractive any longer, when in all actuality the fact that he is smoking, the fact that uh, what his dietary things are, that is the reason why he's not approaching her for sexuality and why she, you know, if she approaches him, he rebuffs her. Is because he can't, you know, he can't get an erection, but she's thinking it's because he's either fooling around or he doesn't find her attractive, but it's because he can't get an erection. And that was something that this woman didn't even find out about until her husband was almost dead. So... 
anyways, here we're going back to, you know, when I talk about lip service with Lou Paget, I'm going to be talking about, you know, removing the bully factor about sexuality, genital mismatch, the ED epidemic, the uh, erectile dysfunction epidemic. And then this week I get to watch again my new guilty pleasure, Married at First Sight, and the second season started last week. And again, you know, of course they edited for, for drama, but again, we had like woohoo with Jacqueline, you know, at, and again, I'm not doing spoiler alert, but they cut it right at the beginning, in the middle of the vows. So, of course, you know, I am dying to see this on Wednesday. Anyway, I trust you have so enjoyed what we talked about today. Again, let's go back and just look at this for one second. Let's be nice to one another about sexuality. Let's have the permission factor, the compassion, the empathy for what people are going through. When someone is, you know, 18 years old, when someone is 35 and trying to decide, you know, changing, or let's say someone wants to open up their marriage and they're not really sure what to do, it is not our job to stand in judgment, truly. No one gets to stand in judgment. What we get to do is to be someone who is there we can observe, but it's not for us to judge. That's another higher power's judgment, okay? Take your hands off that wheel. And if you have questions or you want me to talk about something, please just let me know. Office at Lou Paget. Thank you so much and have a lovely, lovely rest of the day. Bye for now. for being a part of Sex Talk with Lou on TogiNet with host Lou Paget. Every week, this will be your chance to be a fly on the wall and learn about one of the most important parts of our health, our sexual health. Join Lou Paget 